0: Welcome to Crosstalk, the gospel for today and beyond. We are so glad you could join us today. The Crosstalk podcast is in pursuit of growing in our understanding of the gospel and discovering what it means to transfer to the next generation. And now, here are your hosts, Charles and Daniel. Well,
1: good day, everyone. It's that time again to jump into another hard question as we continue on our series here on hard questions on our Crosstalk podcast here um and this week's hard question i'm just going to give a little bit of background on this i was talking to actually a former p4c alumni and we were talking about something else and he was we were talking about the the series we've been doing on crosstalk and he goes hey i got a suggestion for you um in as far as a uh, hard question what about the issue of james and the whole uh, you know c- Seeming to say you're justified by works there in James. Uh, have you guys thought about dealing with that? <laughs> kind of laughed. Well, it's kind of funny you would say that because I just got done preaching at our church on James. I've been studying in the book of James since basically since our small group started it, so about a year ago. So after you said that, I was kind of like, duh, why did I not already <laughs> think of that? Yeah,
2: right. I, well, and you, you said, said the that. same
1: thing when I texted you. so. I went, why didn't we <laughs> think of that? Yeah. So anyway, we want to jump in that today. It's probably going to be a two-parter. In fact, it will be a two-parter because we've got a lot of material here to cover. Um, so, and I'm just going to kind of break down the the outline. I'll give even next week's as well. We're going to talk about the debate more historically, theologically. Where does this all come faith from? Faith or
2: works? Yeah, faith versus um, works.
1: The the distinction. Okay. The the dangers that can come up, the two ditches we can fall into, and then the doctrine. How do we develop a sound doctrine on this issue? And so um, let's just jump right into this. And, and those who may not be familiar, we're, we're talking about James 2, 14 through 26, where it seems James is saying –
2: Justified by works. Well, he does say that.
1: Yeah. But what I mean by uh, it yeah. seems, we, we know where we're going with right, this. Right, okay. Right. But we it know appears what we're going. Yeah. that maybe James is contradicting Paul in Romans. I mean, I'm just saying.
2: That's the question uh, that what James seems to do, and what he does do here, is support, at least on the surface of it, a view of salvation, especially of preservation. That has to do with our works. Salvation is just not by faith only; it is by works. And uh, so,
1: so let's talk about the debate. Yeah, and the debate is really we kind of have to jump into this idea of the history. Where does this come from? What has it been like over the history of the church in the discussion?
2: Right, the history of the debate is long and broad. So right. we don't have time to go there. But I, we encourage our listeners to do some reading on church history. I mean, it's as early as um, – well, I mean, you could say it's as early as James because he's talking about the issue here. But when you get into third or fourth century and you get to a man by the name of Augustine who was a part of what would have been the, the Catholic Church, and we have to understand the Catholic Church meaning the universal church, the 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 church as a whole. And, and – what is developing into what we know as the the Catholic Church, the Roman what became the Roman Catholic Church, but Augustine and a fellow by the name of Pelagius had a bit of a debate. <laughs> it wasn't a bit of a debate; it was a hot, it was a hotly contested hot, debate. And, uh, um, Augustine had made a comment something like this: "Lord, um, Lord." Command what you will, and grant what you command. And Pelagius took real issue with that, uh, as Archie um, uh, Sproul says, he took umbrage at that. <laughs> and uh, and so there was this debate about the hope, the part of man, the part of God, <coughs> and the sovereignty of God and the will of man, which all brought into the whole issue of salvation works. What part does works play? And so you. Uh, without going too far into that, and we can encourage our readers to do some reading on that. I mean, it goes back as far as that. If you go throughout the Catholic Church, what we see in Roman Catholicism is a development of a works-based theology. which goes to the sacraments and all of the different elements that you have to do in the church to be assured of membership in the church and thus membership in the kingdom and eternity in heaven.
1: Well, I mean, we can come even more recent history, maybe even more American history, um, as we know the Wesleys, you know, uh, both British and American history, recent, where these men – had a dip, these two brothers had differing opinions on this issue?
2: Yeah, you come out of the Puritan movement and into the Church of England, and uh, uh, there were two Wesley brothers: one was John, and one was Charles, and then there was John, uh, George Whitfield. They were all very, very close, part of what was called a Holy Club, and and did a lot of evangelizing. They did a lot of seeking the Lord together, but the problem that happened was, especially with John, that his theology developed into a more uh, <laughs> One of the things we would call it is um is um well, i forget my word right now, I've lost it, but anyway they he was more Armenian in his view of of uh, salvation, whereas Whitfield was very much Calvinistic, and Charles Wesley was more Calvinistic than his brother John. If you look at his hymns and he wrote lots of hymns right. you see that theology and that strong soteriology in there,
1: yeah. So historically, this has been a debate. I mean, right. and we we know it's been a debate. Well, it doesn't take much reading, much perusing of history, church history that is, to to know that.
2: Right. John and George parted ways. John Wesley, George Whitelaw parted ways over this whole issue. So it's been a it's been a historical debate. But <laughs> and
1: what about the debate theologically? Okay, we, we're talking about a historical debate. People have been talking about it, but
2: what about the actual debate itself? Um. And, <sighs> If you look at church history, this developed to the point that whole denominations went different ways. And it it came down to how we view the whole issue of salvation and who is Lord over or sovereign over salvation. Who's the prime mover in salvation? For instance, among Baptists, and our family historically has been Baptist in right. our in our short family history, but I was raised in a Baptist church. Even the church we're in now is Baptist in its background. But the Baptist denomination split, uh, and I don't mean there was a formal split, it's just that one part of those people who called themselves Baptists went one way, then one part went another. Why? Because the theology of one was more Calvinistic in that it put God at the center of the whole thing, and the other was more Armenian, which put man more at the put more emphasis on man, his works, and so that you had some who were called particular Baptists believed in not only the the preservation and the perseverance of the saints, whereas general Baptists were more they – be, they believed you had to do good works in order to be saved. So, uh, And we've seen that also come out in the Church of Christ and the Disciples of Christ, other uh, not not pseudo-Christian groups as well, man-centered. And we've always said that the difference between – there are two kinds of views of salvation. One is that salvation is of God, and one is salvation is of works. Well, one's faith, one's works. One's of God. I, I,
1: I could say there's probably one in the middle where people have tried to kind of hope they, they feel like they make themselves feel better by merging yeah. the two. And and, and, I, and we'll I think that's a struggle. We'll, yeah.
2: we'll come across that some more as we get into the whole um, the whole debate or the whole discussion, especially in James chapter two here, uh, or that that will come out how that. That happens. It's understandable, but I don't. What you have to be careful is that we don't want man to be the one right. who is the author of and gets the glory for his salvation.
1: So this is the debate. We've kind of just laid it out there for people. They can do further study if they want. Is this not something that has not been debated for some time? It's right. been debated for yeah. a long time. <laughs> right. Um, uh, and so we have with that but maybe before we move into this next point, why don't we read the passage, James two, that we're referring to, fourteen through twenty six, so people know what we're talking about, um and, and our listeners understand the passage that we're we're about to talk okay, about. Okay, it's a
2: little lengthy, so hopefully our listeners won't mind, but hang with me here, beginning verse fourteen. What is what does it profit, brethren? Though a man says he has faith and does not have works, can faith save him? Interesting. We're going to come back to that very phrase right there. That's very interesting. If a brother or sister is naked, destitute of daily food, and one of you says to him, Depart in peace, be warned and filled. Notwithstanding, you do not give those things which are needful to the body. What does it profit? Even so, faith, if it does not have works, is dead, being alone. Yes, a man may say, you have faith, and I have works. Show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that there is one God. You do well. The devils believe, demons believe, and tremble. But will you not know, O oh, vain man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham, our father, justified by works when he had offered Isaac, his is. son, upon the <laughs> altar? That sounds pretty clear. Right. I mean, see thou – do you not see how faith – worked with works, and by works was made perfect or complete. <clears throat> and the scripture was fulfilled, which says Abraham believed God, and it was imputed to him for righteousness, and he was called a friend of God. You see then how that by works a man is justified, and not by faith only. Likewise also was not Rahab the harlot justified by works, wasn't she? That's, that's the implication there, when she had received the messengers and sent them out another way. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead, also.
1: So that's more of a lengthy reading of that, but that's a passage we're looking into for those who may be unfamiliar with that. Now let's move into from the debate of this passage to some distinctions we want to look at. What are those distinctions? How do we divide this up? Talk about it, dissect it, if
2: you will. Well. James makes a distinction between two kinds of faith: what we call a vain faith and a vital faith, a living, a dead faith and a living faith. A vain faith, an empty faith, a dead faith, is one without works. That's the that's the big uh, sticky point, and and we see what James is seeking to accomplish here, because he has already given us evidence. We don't really think of James as a book of evidences of salvation, but he actually right. does. He shows how genuine faith responds to trials, how genuine faith responds to temptation, how genuine faith responds with its tongue, how genuine faith. Partiality.
1: Is. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So many yeah. big <clears throat> hot topic issues,
1: if you will, among humans. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah. So, um, uh, so he is dealing with that, and he now comes to the crux of the matter. does well, a man saved by faith? And what does that faith look like? And so vain faith is one without works. That's obvious. Right. I mean we're not, we can't dispute that. There has to be fruit. That's exactly Galatians right. Galatians
1: 5. The fruit of the spirit. There has to be that showing forth out of someone's life.
2: Right. In fact, the reformers and people of the reform bent like to say no no fruit, no root. Mm. So now we're talking about not only a vain faith but a vital faith. A faith that is vital. A faith that is vital has works.
1: Well, I think and we're going to get more into this as we close out in our next part. um, But I think something we have to realize is that if you go back, and again, context is key. We'll talk about this more as we get down to the issue of doctrine, developing doctrine. But context is key. Chapter one talks about this idea of salvation. He doesn't get real, what I'd call real comprehensive in his gospel proclamation, but he says, do not be deceived, brothers. My beloved brothers, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to changing. Of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth, that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. So he's already talking about a faith that is from God. Yeah. It is something that is from yeah. God. The issue is faith.
2: What in does it James. look like? What does it look How like? How does
1: it respond? Now? How is that? I'm not going to give you Romans thesis stuff here. You know that's not what he's giving us.
2: You know, yeah. I think the question that people will ask, if they look on the surface here, is, well, why does he say justified? Don't we believe that to be justified is to be declared righteous? Right. So, is one declared righteous by faith or by works? I encourage our people to go back and read Romans chapter three, verses three and four, where Paul is discussing the whole issue of faith, salvation by faith and not by works. Mm. But he says this phrase: "What if some did not believe? Does their unbelief make the faithfulness of God without effect? Certainly not. Indeed, let God be true, but every man a liar, as it is written, that you, that is, that God may be justified in your words, and may overcome when you are judged." So, does God need
1: to be justified?
2: That's that's the question. (laughs) In what sense is God justified? Right. That's a proper question because later, what we're seeing is the word "justified" used. Two different ways, two different contexts in the same chapter. One of the one of our evangelistic passages is in chap verse twenty-three of that same chapter. For there is no difference for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, having been justified freely, or being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. In one sense, God has talked about being justified. In the other sense, sinners are talked about being justified. Is it the same? What's the difference? In what sense is that so? That's where we're going to come to our old doctrine. We'll talk about that more. I think we're probably at the end of our time here, but we can pick that up again when we come back and deal with the issue of context when it comes to justification.
1: When you talk about a faith that is vain and a faith that is vital, what is the difference between those two, though?
2: Well, in the passage, you see then, brethren, how that a man is saved, justified by works and not by faith only. But he says earlier in the passage, he says, um, even so faith, if it has not works, is dead, be it alone. And he asks the question, can faith save him? That's what the King James says. Most translations say that. important thing is, in the original, in the Greek text, there's a definite article there. Can that faith save him. Now there's the question. There's the mm-hmm. distinction. Is there one kind of faith and another kind of faith? Is there a real and vital faith and a false faith? I think most of us would agree, whatever mm-hmm. side of the issue we're on, we would agree that there is. There's one and there's another. What marks a true faith? It has accompanying fruit. accompanying 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 works
1: yeah and I think we have to kind of end it right here because we're coming to the close of our time we've not completely answered this question and that's on purpose because what we're going to do is we're going to delve into more theologically biblically what does that look like but I just leave people with this question what does James mean when he says justified by works
2: right there that's important
1: so we'll pick that back up next week and we'll look forward to talking with you remember context is king yes
0: context (laughs) is king Very very good we'll see you next week Thanks, everyone, so much for joining us today. You can always visit us on the web at crosstalkpodcast.org. Crosstalk is produced by Vision for Living Ministries, a nonprofit organization. This podcast is a free resource, but you can support us financially through our website. For more information on Vision for Living Ministries, visit our website at visionforliving.org, where you will find more great content. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Just search for Vision for Living. Or on Twitter at V4L. We also love to hear from our listeners. You can email us at info at visionforliving.org. Be sure to join us next week on Crosstalk The Gospel for Today and Beyond.